Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air I was breathing was dangerous. Since coming home, I've watched friends get sick and struggle to get the support they deserve. But now, that's finally changing. We're eligible for new VA health care and benefits based on when and where we served. Even though I feel okay, I'm going to apply. For my sake and for my family. Learn more and apply today. Visit va.gov pact. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast. We're your one-stop shop for seven days a week daily baseball content, a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm Brandon Karam. Alongside me is Belly Up Sports beat writer, LJ LaFiora. Uh, LJ, how are we doing tonight? We are doing pretty darn good, Brandon. I am not going to lie. I had a very nice night watching a lot of baseball, watching the Sox win, watching this first game we're going to talk about where we got to see two of the top prospects in the league come up for their first MLB games. So, Brandon, I mean, why don't we just jump on in? Yeah, uh, right before we jump in, just know this is our week six recap uh, after tonight's games. We have now six weeks into the officially six full weeks into the season, so we're going to do a more extended segment at the end, uh, just looking at the league as a whole. But yes, the Indians and the Mariners, which was the MLB TV free game of the day. Thank you very much for doing that MLB, because this was a game that uh, had a lot of eyes on it. As number four ranked prospect in the MLB, Jared Kelnick made his debut for the Mariners, hitting in the leadoff spot. Another one of Seattle's top prospects, Logan Gilbert, made his MLB debut starting the game for the Mariners. Cleveland jumped on the board for four runs in the first three innings. They got home runs from Fran Mil Reyes and Jose Ramirez's 11th of the year, and they got a Jake Bowers RBI single. Cleveland starter Zach Plezak 
worked a no-hitter into the eighth inning with J.P. Crawford of the Mariners breaking it up to lead off that eighth. The Mariners get two late runs on a Dylan Moore home run, but they lose 4-2. to two. The win to Plezak, now 3-3 three and three on the year, eight innings, two hits, two runs, and two Ks. Uh, yeah, takes that no-hitter into the eighth inning and just allows that late home run there, but very good start from him. The loss goes to Logan Gilbert in his MLB debut. Uh, 0-1 on the year, of course. Four innings, five hits, four runs, and five Ks. Brian Shaw picks up his first win or first save out of the bullpen this year for the Indians. And they have won nine of their last 10 and 12 of their last 15. Seattle's lost five in a row. It will be Aaron Savalli taking on Chris Flexen today. All right, next up, we got the Cardinals in the Brewers. Another big game, big game for the pitching here. Nolan Arenado scores Tommy Edmond in the first inning to kick scoring off in this game. Another score wouldn't come until the ninth inning, and it was in favor of the Cardinals. The final, 2-0 St. Louis. Give the win to Jack Flaherty. He went six innings of shutout ball with six strikeouts. The loss will be given to Corbin Burns. He went five innings along one earned run, nine strikeouts, and one walk. Brandon, this was a record-setting performance for Corbin Burns. He went 58 consecutive strikeouts before allowing a walk to start the season. That That is now officially the record for most to start a season, which was held by Kenley Jansen at 52, as well as the most over any stretch of time, which was formerly held by Kurt Schilling at 57. It was formerly held by Kurt Schilling at 56. And Garrett Cole six. has an active record at 57, but Burns is at 58. Thank but you. Uh, Garrett Cole's 57 is still active, but it just wasn't to start the year. Yes. Burns's was to start the year. Correct. So very impressive on all three pitchers that I mentioned there, that their part. And Canley Jansen as well with the former yeah. record holder to start the season. Uh, Brandon, I guess the better question is, what are the chances that Garrett Cole chokes this away? Because <laughs> I don't, th- I don't no think we're seeing this record go again soon. What's that? I said I'm not a hundred. I'm not certain that we're going to see this record get challenged again anytime soon. So if he's able to put it up with 11, 12 strikeouts, he's going to really push that a lot. So what are the chances he chokes and walks a guy before he strikes a guy out in his next I turn? Would, I would hate to see him walk like the leadoff <laughs> batter or something. I'm not sure if he'll line up to pitch in this series that the Yankees are going to play against the Orioles. But if it's against a Baltimore and he walks the leadoff batter, it'll just be – it'll be sad. But <sighs> – Burns has been outstanding. Uh, the Cardinals-Brewers game was the free game on YouTube today. Uh, I really like how the MLB, the two games that they let everyone see for free today, you know, were the two games that had the most storylines in it. I'm sure that they do it intentionally, but it's a lot better to have these free games to let us watch than have none. Oh, yeah, it's a great idea for them to give us free games, get people interested in the product outside of their ESPN games and such. Now can we just have the one thing that we've all been asking for, and that's for the end of blackouts on MLB TV? Yeah, because they control it. It's not like that there's anyone else telling them that they need to black people out. 
no. If I if I buy MLB TV on a cable box or a internet streaming service, that was my big thing. Was with YouTube TV, I no longer got Nesson by the end of the year. If I bought that MLB package in mar in because I'm in that market, I still can't get the Red Sox, even though I can't get Nesson. There is no physical way with my uh, cable subscription that I was able to watch those games. There's no reason that at least at the very minimum that can't be reorganized with MLB network, MLB TV, MLB's all of MLB's extra innings packages. There's no reason you couldn't make that kind of switch. Also, uh, sorry, before I keep to keep uh, running over you, Brandon, um, if I'm correct, if I remember correctly, I could just completely be not thinking correctly here. You get the local commercials. Yeah. Yeah. So you're literally watching the home broadcast all the way through. Actually, I think it might just say like MLB TV commercial in progress or something. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. That. There's a couple, there's a couple of those, but I'm pretty sure I've gotten quite a few Red Sox related commercials mm. particularly the pedroya um the nesson pedroya uh carved bat one they get all the time so you're still getting some of the same commercial stuff from one spot to the next so there's no good reason for them to not do it across the board now just a quick question so you were explaining how you can't get get a nesson now you can't even watch like the away teams broadcast, right? Even with MLB TV for those games. No, because MLB TV only carries one stream. Are you sure? Because like tonight when I was watching oh, the Indians, actually, the Indians. Right, I should be honest. Oh, I've been, Mariners. We have games. extra innings here. Oh, you have extra innings. Okay, no. yeah, yeah. TV MLB TV might have, might be different. But as for the away broadcast, I'm not sure. But, of course, I wasn't going to risk it on such an expensive package to not be able to get that. Yeah. Um, But uh, while we're on this topic, I might as well uh, tell you the real kicker to this story. So, you know, they send us to school this uh, fall, give us an entire weekend, four days for orientation, and they do about three hours of stuff with us. Other than that, we're told to go back and sit in our rooms because COVID's too dangerous for us to do much else. And yet, during all of that time, they somehow didn't think to mention the fact that the school gives you free cable. What? Yeah. Yeah. So this was beginning of mid-April that I find this out. I'm sitting there with a couple of upperclassmen friends complaining about not being able to see the Red Sox. And then they're like, well, you know, you can just go on to the uh, Xfinity on campus stream, right? And I kid you not, over the next like week, I had either asked four or five other freshman friends I had, or or they had been in that same room with us. Not a single freshman knew that we got cable. Wow. We get cable with all sorts of that stuff. We get um, all sorts of on-demand shows. We get Peacock Premium free through the school. Really? Yeah. That's and like some high quality. There's high quality sports on there too. Like all the Premier League stuff is on. Yeah. And so I'm not. I'm not sure on the Peacock Premium if that works out of campus, but that that's the one stipulation is 
Um, it only works on campus Wi-Fi, so I can't use it while I'm at home. Yeah. But still, that's a sweet deal that I was instead paying for my own cable for the past six months for. So I'm only a little bit salty myself for that. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's run through these games so we can get to that to this recap here. Um, on the Tigers and Royals, the Tigers scored four in the second inning, getting three RBI singles from Willie Castro, Jacoby Jones, and Robbie Grossman. The Royals would go into the ninth, trailing by three. They scored two runs from a Carlos Santana ground out and Salvi Perez single, but with one runner on and one out, the Tigers were able to escape and they win four to three. Give the win to Spencer Turnbull, his second win on the year. He's now two and two. He goes six and a third, allowing six hits, one run, and seven Ks. Give Daniel Lynch the loss, now 0-2. He's had a rough few starts to start his career here for the Royals. Two and two-thirds, seven hits, three earned, four Ks. Michael Fulmer picks up his second save on the year. He's now shifted into a a bullpen role for the Tigers. And, uh, yeah, and it seems to be working a little bit for him. Uh, But Kansas City has lost 11 in a row. (laughs) The Tigers are on a four-game win streak. They take on the Cubs today, Tariq Skubal versus Jake Arrieta. Kansas City travels to Chicago and will face the White Sox. Jacob Junis versus Michael Kopech. Brandon, what would you say their last 10 games will be next time they – next time we do this uh, weekly review? The, oh, the, the Tigers, the Royals. No, the no the Tigers. Now that they don't get the luxury of playing the Royals. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm giving yeah. them maybe. Let's see their tests. schedule. So they play obviously, like I just said, the Cubs. So they play the Cubs for three, at Seattle for three, and then they play Kansas City again for three. So oh, okay. So perhaps five and five. Yeah. Okay. But still, they yeah, they lucked out with Kansas City there. Um, yeah, no, Kansas City, this is possibly the most amusing thing I've seen in months. Just like every day, we just say like, oh, it's got to end at some point. I, I mean, there there is a guy on TikTok that for fun does the most awkward presentation of seeing what happens when you hit things with hammers. <laughs> I find him incredibly entertaining. This is funnier to me than him. Um, Especially today, because they were trying to come back in that ninth inning. Like they, 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 they can try all they want. It's just not going to happen. If they didn't win a game the rest of the year, that would just that would make my that would make my life complete. Also, Justin Shield on uh, TikTok, check him out. All right. Um, now that I've now that we've yeah we've wasted about ten minutes talking about my cable dilemmas at school, so we should probably should keep it moving. Uh, A's Red Sox, the Red Sox ambushed Oakland starter Sean Manaya in the early innings, resulting in three runs in both the first and second innings. Among this, you had a Throbert D Bobby Dahlback Dinger, four hundred and thirty-two feet to center, and a Xander Bogarts home run to left field in the first the Red Sox win this one eight to one uh Xander Bogarts in this game goes three for three with a single double and home run and a walk 
uh, of course, being just that triple shy of the cycle. I don't mean to seem a little salty here if I do. However, they pitched very tight on that last uh, at-bat. So they were giving him no chance at getting a ball into the triangle, even just getting a ball into right field. They gave him no chance there. They were walking him the entire way. If it was a hit-by-pitch, it was a hit-by-pitch. Give the win to Garrett Whitlock. Or not Garrett Whitlock. Ooh. Um, Garrett Richards. He went six innings of shutout ball. The loss will go to Sean Manaya. He went two innings, allowing seven earned. The save will go to former Yankee Garrett Whitlock, his first career major league save. The Red Sox start their series against the Angels and the A's play the Twins. Yeah, check out Garrett, uh, Garrett Whitlock's baseball savant page. Lot of red on that, and you know that's a good thing. Under the Yankees and Rays. The Rays would score two runs in both the first and third innings. They got a single from Yandy Diaz and a two-run home run from Austin Meadows. Bottom of the sixth, Tampa would add on with a three-run home run from Randy Arozarena to make it 7-0 Tampa Bay. Austin Meadows with a two-RBI double to cap off a great night from him. And the Rays win 9-1 to avoid the sweep. The Yankees win their first series in Tropicana Field in two years. The win to Rich Hill of the Rays, now two and one on the year, six and two thirds, three hits, no runs, and nine Ks. The loss to Jamison Tyone, now one and three on the year, four and two thirds, six hits, four runs, nine Ks. Tampa hosts the Mets. Tyler Glass now takes on David Peterson. The Yankees go to Baltimore. Corey Kluber against Dean Kremer. All right, next we got the Blue Jays and the Braves. In the first, Ronald Acuna hit his 12th home run of the year, 442 feet to left field. He would have to leave this game after awkwardly tripping on first base. He is considered day-to-day with an ankle injury. Bo Bichette went two for five, driving in three runs and scoring two himself to help the Jays win eight to four. Give the win to Travis Bergen. Ross Stripling went five innings, allowing two earned runs and nine strikeouts. The loss will go to Will Smith. The Blue Jays are the best team in baseball, Brandon, when they play the Braves, winning all six of their matchups this year. Toronto will play Philly today. Maybe they'll get some of that uh, luck to carry over to that series. All right, on to the Astros and the Rangers. The Rangers uh, scored three runs in the first three innings. Uh, They got a Willie Calhoun home run top one, uh, and then they got a Joey Gallo ground out top three. But in the bottom of the second, to backtrack a little, Jose Altuve with a three RBI double. Uh, So we were tied 3-3 after three innings. The score would remain this, and we would go to extra innings. Uh, In the bottom of the 10th inning, the Astros had a real chance to win the game. Jo- uh, excuse me, Joey Gallo uh, with an absolute missile throw from the outfield to cut down the game-winning run and send the game to the 11th inning. However, the Rangers unable to do anything top 11. And then in the bottom of the 11th, we get a walk-off wild pitch. Uh, terrible way for the Rangers to lose this game, especially after that Joey Gallo game-saving throw. But the Astros win four to three. 
You can give the win to Brooks Raley out of the Houston bullpen. Uh, Houston starter was Christian Javier. He went seven innings, four hits, three runs, and six Ks. The loss goes to Brett Martin out of the Texas bullpen. He's the one who threw the wild pitch. Uh, Texas's starter was Mike Fultonavich, five innings, eight hits, three runs, three Ks. Uh, now these two teams uh, will match up again today. It will be Wes Benjamin pitching for the Rangers, and he'll take on Zach Granke. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, Brandon, we'll talk about this, of course, more, more in this next uh, game that we're going to talk about here, but then more again in the PPP. I feel like the story of today has been absolute frozen ropes in just about every way you can imagine. Uh, in this case, we've got them in the Phillies Nats game from today with some great base running. Andrew McCutcheon and Bryce Harper executed the double steal to bring Andrew McCutcheon home from third base and get out to an early one nothing lead. But then in the bottom of the inning from there, Kyle Schwarber send the laser out to left 109 miles an hour, basically straight to left field. And then Josh Bell follows suit 107 miles an hour to right. They score four runs between the two. The Nationals take this game five to one. The win will go to Patrick Corbin. He went seven innings, allowing one earned run and nine strikeouts. Brandon, do you think he's back on the right track here after a very, a very rough April? Yeah, he's way too good of a pitcher to be uh, struggling uh, as much as he did at the start. I mean, he just has nasty stuff. We've seen it year after year. Uh, but this this Nationals team, you know, when they get those two big home runs from Schwarber and Josh Bell, when this offense is clicking, I mean, you got just so much, so much talent there. Trey Turner, Juan Soto, you, ne- you had Josh Bell in there now. It's it's a scary lineup, and when uh, they can get starts from those top guys, they're they have to be considered a top team in the league. They, they're just they have too many talented players to not be. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not guaranteeing I can't guarantee you that they're going to pull this all together no. this year. However, you're right. If they get hot in a week's span, I would not feel comfortable taking anybody against the Nats, depending on the week. Um, but yeah, no, Brandon, back onto the uh, frozen ropes here. Um, I'm not sure if you saw these home runs, but I have, don't think I've seen in a very long time line drives go out of the park so easily. Yeah. 
I mean, that was legitimately the Kyle Schwarber one in particular, 109 miles an hour. That was going out basically straight off the bat. It was there were very, very little angle, very little. Of course, we always talk about launch angle these days. Very little of it. It was just an absolute bullet to left field. But let's get into this. Um, the, yeah, the loss will go to Zach Eflin. He went six innings long, five earned runs and nine strikeouts. The Nats will take on the D-backs today, which we will talk about now with their game against the Marlins. The Marlins out hit Arizona 12 to five and route to their to a five to one win. Give the win to Trevor Rogers. He went six innings along one earned run and seven strikeouts. Another great start for him. The loss to Merrill Kelly. He went six and a third, allowing three earned runs. The Marlins will try for another W against the Rangers today. Brandon, this is just another really solid start out of Trevor Rogers this year. Yeah, he's been an awesome uh, pickup for my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> Bite me. Yeah, he's been very good. Uh, the and everyone's been a everyone's been a great pickup for your fantasy team. <laughs> the the Marlins play the Dodgers today, though, not the Rangers. Did I say Rangers? I meant Dodgers. I have Dodgers written right here. Um, it's a little late. Yeah, it's about two thirty three. Yeah, you know, it's about average for us. It's about it's about average. You know, sometimes it'll it'll slip. Wait till the um, in person ones where it's just us completely going off on tangents for twenty minutes. That, that, those are the fun ones, Brandon. Oh, it's gonna uh, be those, so fun. The, the the cable conversation will be about twice as long next time, so just be prepared for that. But Brandon, I think there's an interesting discussion to have already. Of course, all star voting is not out yet. However, realistically, it's the Marlins. They're not a very good team. Their fan base isn't a national one. So they don't have much of a chance to get more than one player into this. You have to agree, right? No, I think. I mean, they, I mean, they certainly could, they certainly could, but Aguilar if, and Rogers right now are both ex- locks. Exactly. Is like if you had to choose one of them to be the coaches, coaches slash players pick in, who do you think they go with? You know what? So while Aguilar has had the better year. A- I want Trevor Rogers. He's a rookie pitcher who you can kind of build a storyline around there. If he's mm-hmm. the only guy who makes it like, oh, he's having a good year. I mean, this is a guy who is right now the favorite to win NL rookie of the year. No one else has really stepped up in this in this rookie class in the National League, really. So I mean, you could really build a story around that guy at the All-Star game. It seems like every year there's some big story around a young player in the All-Star game. Not saying that he should be the feature guy, obviously, but he's someone who should be talked about on a national stage, absolutely. Yeah, honestly, I think that's a very good point you bring in there. The only thing I have to realistically bring up in that factor is there's a lot of good pitchers out there. There's been a lot of great pitching performances. Are you going to have an easier time fitting a first baseman in there than you are a pitcher? That's certainly up for debate. I can't necessarily think of anyone who's having standout years. Of course, Freddie Freeman has had a very rough start to the year. Joey Votto also very rough start. Um, I would put Goldschmidt is the only person that's coming to mind that's had a solid year so far. Max Muncy. Of notable guys. 
Max Muncie, are you counting him as a first baseman? You can kind of put him wherever. Like, he's just infield. True. Yeah, I um, guess Aguilar would have a case for like, yeah. a first baseman for the NL, like a backup. Like, honestly, he could start at first in the NL right now. He's been that good. I don't think there's been a better first baseman in the NL than him. He could get voted in to start. No, yeah, exactly. That's my point is that actually now that I look at it, I didn't realize how little – Goldschmidt's been walking this year. He's only got a 96 OPS yeah. plus right now. Um, I, yeah, I'm struggling to think of who did we we picked, we picked Jesus Aguilar for our month, correct? Uh, I want or who say, we have picked. Let me look at that other doc. I think you have. Do I have the next game recap or is that you? Um, if you don't have, you have it, but I can take another one because I have. No, uh, actually, no. Here, I'll find it. I'll find this quick. Or, the next one I have is really small, so either way. I, I can't find it. Um, right. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. Uh, Twins and White Sox. Bottom of the first, Tim Anderson goes yard. Jake Lamb does the same bottom of the third, so it's a 2-0 White Sox lead after three. The Twins trailing by two in the eighth get one back on a Max Kepler homer, but the White Sox get a clutch pinch hit from your mean Mercedes to make it four to two and the White Sox win. You can give the win to Lance Lynn, five innings, two hits, no earned runs and nine strikeouts. The loss to Michael Pineda, now two and two on the year, five and a third, four hits, three runs and seven Ks. Liam Hendricks with a five out save to pick up his seventh on the year. And uh, yeah. All right. We've got two more for you all. Uh, Giants, Pirates, Steven Duger's home run in the fifth, and then a Mikey Yaz hit an RBI triple to put San Fran up 3 nothing. I've got to be honest, I have no clue why that, that nickname for Mikey Strebsky hasn't been a thing yet, because that's really fun to say. I mean... Mikey, Mikey Yaz, baby. He's got a great last name for a Red Sox fan. I'm, I'm surprised that you aren't a much, much bigger fan of Mike. As oh, I am. And it's again, are. it's again, part of, um, part of my infatuation with the Giants as a National League team. Um, they've, you know, they've obviously, if you can't tell quickly become one of my front runners for, um, if I had to choose a team in the National League, that was like my team, it would probably be the Giants. There's just so many guys that I really love on this team. The issue is Mikey Stremski has barely done anything this year. He, he hasn't been nearly the factor that he was on last year's team, almost making the playoffs as he was this year. I think that's really been, that's been the story. Of course, a 223 batting average. That's really been the issue. Um, everything else has been fine. He's been walking. He's been walking his good share. He's got a 123 OPS plus, but Without the actual hits, the hits are what are going to significantly move base runners, going to get you noticed and really matter more towards the rest of your team. So if he can just get get a little hot streak going and really keep moving, then yes, he's going to uh, get talked about a lot more on this podcast. Uh, where is he? Uh, the Pirates tried their best, but ultimately fell three to one. Give the win to Anthony Desclafani. He went five innings with no earned runs and five strikeouts. The loss will be given to Will Crow. He went five innings, allowing three earned runs and five strikeouts. The save will be given to Tyler Rogers. The Giants, again, 
a great pickup in their first game against the Pirates in this series, and they're doing everything they need to to put themselves in a successful position to go into this Dodgers series next weekend. Next up, we got the Reds and the Rockies. Josh Fuentes' homer today put him two-thirds of the way to a bingo-bango Yahtzee. He drove in four influential runs with his three-for-five day. Cincinnati rallies for eight runs in the eighth, but the Rockies hold on to win 13-8. Give the win to Chichi Gonzalez. He went seven innings of shutout ball. The loss will go to Luis Castillo. He went three and two-thirds of an inning, allowing eight earned runs. Brandon, you've said it before. You can certainly say it again. The Yankees made the better call. As, as much as Jamison Tyone has not been um, the end-all, be-all greatest pitcher in the league, they certainly made the right call going after him rather than Luis Castillo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what has gotten into uh, Luis Castillo this year, but this is like blow-up start after blow-up start. It's not even like he's he's pitching like okay and getting – the loss. It's like he's completely blowing up. I mean, eight earned runs and less than four innings of work. And it's not like his stat cast numbers can back him up. He's not striking out guys at a very good rate. Uh, he's getting hit around pretty hard. It's, you know, Brandon, you can't, it's as simple as this. He should be by all indicators, his nine, uh, his past success, even his couple of years where he has been a very above average pitcher. Um, he was an uh, all-star. Really, he, he's an all-star. He has had three really, really good years in his first five years in the league. He should, by all indicators, be the top pitcher in the Cincinnati rotation. You can't have your top who should the guy who should be your top pitcher with a 70 ERA plus. Yeah. That just can't happen. All right. Well, let's move on to the PPP uh, particular players people should care about. Uh, We have a lot of guys in here, but some of them we've uh, already talked about today. So we'll be quick over them. Uh, Yeah, LJ, you can take a a bunch. I only have like one specific guy I really want to talk about. You can just kind of run this however. Yeah, again, I'm going to go as quick as I want to because, frankly, there's no there's no good reason for us to carry on and on about guys night in and not at, night out. The important thing is we all acknowledge their importance. The first guy here, Zach Plezak, uh, went seven innings, went seven full innings into a no-hit bid before that was eventually broken up in the eighth by Seattle. Of course, this is the team that, is the farthest between no-hitters in the Cleveland Indians now that nobody doesn't have a no-hitter with the Padres getting their no-hitter with Joe Musgrove. That put them as the last team to not to have a no-hitter. So this certainly was a very exciting day for Indians fans to see themselves get a little, even just a little bit close here. Next up, of course, we've got Corbin Burns again. It can't be overstated how crazy it is, especially in this league where guys take a lot of strikes as much as they swing or take a lot of pitches as much as they swing. And you're trying to do as many crafty things with all this ball motion as they do nowadays to be able to throw enough strikes to strike out 58 batters before you walk one 
is not easy in this league anymore. With I just Brandon, you can agree with the amount of movement all of these guys have on their pitches. So many of these, even the ones that are called strikes, are either because of pitch framing or because of guys swinging at things that they think should be in a completely different spot. So the odds of doing this are only going to decrease. So guys like Corbin Burns and Garrett Cole are going to be up there in the leader in the uh, history of this, these records for quite some time. I have a feeling. Corbin Burns is interesting because usually with these young pitchers, we see that they come out and they're a bit wild. I mean, Corbin Burns is a guy who was picked in the 2016 draft. I mean, for, for a, uh, a little bit of reference, our guy Ian Anderson picked in that same draft, right? And we think of him as a really young player. I mean, Corbin Burns is only 26. If he's been doing, you know, his 2020 season was outstanding. Uh, 2019 was not good, but I mean, the jumps that he's made between 2019, 2020, and 2021, this guy can be a special, special pitcher in the league. Uh, him, him and Brandon Woodruff make an absolute lethal combo with that one-two. Honestly, so far this year, they've been the best one-two uh, pitcher in the, in, in the league. Well, you have you have the best one-two combination in the rotation, and you have – I'm not going to say the because I think Devin Williams still has some ways to go, but one of the best eight-nine guys in the bullpen with Devin Williams and Josh Hader, particularly Josh Hader, has a very fair argument towards being the best closer in the game right now. Um You've got your you've situated your pitching staff with very good anchors right now. If you're Milwaukee, I was just looking at uh, Corbin Burns's uh, Statcast page here. Everything except four separate stats, he's in the top ninety percent. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Everything but four. Their uh, average exit velocity, he barely goes into the eighties. Uh, max exit velocity is quite quite low in barrel percentage or is that low on everybody's like on everyone's page their max exit velocity i mean because that's just like one ball that got like absolutely oh yeah it's 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 completely like very uh subjective yeah i have no clue who the heck hit a 114 mile an hour ball off this guy but that's that's certainly impressive I just, yeah, you're right, Brandon. There's no, I don't, I don't see how that's a fair indicator. I'm not sure why it's talked about ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, we've got, of course, got to acknowledge Xander Bogarts. If, frankly, in my opinion, if he got a fair at bat or at least a full at legitimate at bat, um, he probably had a decent shot at the cycle. If he, frankly, if he poked his bat out on a couple of those ones that went way outside, he probably could have sliced it in right field and at least given himself a shot at it in a very wide margin game where you can take some of those chances. But he ends up the triple ahead away from the cycle. Brandon, I'm curious to see if you've seen this video or picture. If not, I will try to find it for you after. But Nelson Cruz, officially the tops in fashion in the entire league. This dude in the middle of the game, for reasons unknown, I would lo- I'm would i going to try to find those tomorrow. Maybe we can talk about a little more on 
the next show or on Twitter tomorrow, but just decided, okay, I'm going to take the uh, drink cooler, take the contents out and stick it on my head and wear it as a hat in the dugout for a hot minute. And so he's just sitting there. He's just standing there up at the railing, looking around like nothing's going on. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If that isn't the most like Nelson Cruz, the same guy that uh, has regularized nap rooms across the major league baseball. Um, it, I don't, I don't know what else is Nelson Cruz. If that's not Nelson Cruz, uh, these guys in particular though, that just hit dingers, Nelson Cruz, hey, Nelson Cruz and Jesus Aguilar are feel like personality wise, baseball personality wise, the exact same person. Do you get those same vibes? Uh, so, so Nelson Cruz. So, I first of all, I just looked at the picture, and that is hilarious. They just put the entire Gatorade thing just over his head. Uh, but he's he just did got a mic thing. What's that? And he's just got this doofy smile. And he's just standing there like everything's yeah. fine. It's just another day at the ballpark. Um. So. He did a mic'd up thing with the MLB, um, like the way that Mike Trout did it a couple of weeks ago. And yes. Cruz was messing around with uh, Williams Astadio yes. so much. Like it was, <laughs> he hit a home run, Astadio, and he was going to celebrate with him. And he high-fived him so hard that Astadio was like running away from him and it was saying like, I'm not celebrating with you anymore because you try to kill me. So then Cruz looks up into the stands at the security guard. He goes, hey, security, take this guy out. Take this guy out. He's no good. He's no good. Just such a funny guy. He he gets on base and he's just like joking around with the umpires, joking around with all the players. I mean, it's it's great to see that the MLB produces content like that. And, and a Nelson Cruz you know, LJ, I think he's turning into one of our favorite players just because he hits absolute bombs like every few days, but is also just like such a fun guy and has had such a great career. Yeah, again, yeah. I mean, I just, I saw that same one, completely forgot about it, but yeah, it perfectly fits in with this exact same vibe that I absolutely adore. And taking a step further, bringing it back into that quick Jesus Aguilar con conversation you remember i'm not sure if he's still doing this because i haven't gotten a chance to watch a marlins game in full this year does he still do the face thing in the dugout after the home runs oh like were they all like a look at the camera or yeah i i honestly don't know i'll have to see 
Because I've seen it, I, I knew I know he did it more than just the one season when he was in Milwaukee, and that was a, that was one hundred percent like his thing. So I'm not sure if he brought it over, but that's in a very similar vein to the stuff that Nelson Cruz does. Both of them just hit piss missiles whenever they want, without any regard for human safety, and I I just I just I find that so fun. Yeah, let me just say I cannot wait till I get home to then I can actually watch games in full and I don't have to watch like highlight videos and stuff mm-hmm. because watching games in full, you see so much more on the broadcast and just understand so much more what happened in the game than just watching those like quick like eight minute highlight videos of the game. Yeah, especially too, I've honestly found, yeah, like being able to get overall all encompassing just feed of the league is just you find so many different gems here like the nelson cruz water cooler and stuff like that but speaking of of nelson cruz and jesus aguilar piss missiles let's talk about the frozen ropes today that we've seen um one of these we're going to highlight here a defensive play by joey gallo uh joey gallo absolutely guns the guy out frozen rope from right field not Brandon, I believe you said was am I correct in saying 97 miles an hour off the bat? Or right off the bat out of his hand? I, I want to say I saw something like that. It was n- either 93 or 97 off of his hand, which is bold. either way, that's awesome. Yeah, so impressive. And it was just again so straight, right on point. He absolutely owned that play. And that's not the only one we've seen here today. That's like the story of today. Between that, you have um, the Schwarber and Bell home runs, which were both practically straight, especially with the Schwarber one. And then, Brandon, I'm not sure if you caught this highlight from the Red Sox game. Remember how I said that it's in most cases, just about every case you're going to get, if you hit the green monster, you're going to have a double? Yeah. Hunter Renfro screwed himself out of that today. He hit a perfect straight line drive, 115 miles an hour. Brandon, it one-hopped the monster. Oh. It hit just, just in front of the warning track was where it landed. And it went so fast that it got back to the outfielder in enough time where he didn't have time to get to second. Well, I guess that makes up for... That throw that Hunter Hunter Renfro had, was it last yes. night or a few nights ago? That was um, an absolute missile. It was last night. The Hunter Renfro. The Hunter Renfro was last night. <laughs> and it was from him to right field to third. And then tonight again, he got he fired one in quick to Michael Chavis. I think it was, yeah, I think it was Chavis who was uh the cutoff man from right. And then Chavis puts it back in, re- relays it in to Vasquez to get a guy out as he's trying to score and I think it was like the seventh so yeah I mean this is again this is something I'm quickly learning as I watch more baseball and my taste grows I think right fielders with big arms excite me more than rangy center fielders I I just think that an outfield assist is like me and you were talking about the most exciting plays uh, we said like uh, stolen base. I'd say an outfield assist is up there. You know, I was listening to an interview with Theo Epstein and it was with, with Bill Simmons. 
And he said, because uh, now Epstein is working for like the MLB to try to improve the game. He said that according to fans, the most exciting plays are in order, a triple, double, and stolen base. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess I agree with that. Like a triple's fun to watch. Triple is so cool. But I think an outfield assist or like a well-done cutoff throw that, that uh, cuts down a runner at the plate is so electric, uh, especially when the camera – this is the best is when the ball goes to the outfielder and they, the camera doesn't cut away from the throw. It just zooms out. So you can see the full length of the throw. Mm. Very, very, I love when they do that. Uh, but yeah, we're getting off topic. Just wanted to say that, uh, that Joey Gallo 97, it was 97.3 miles an hour. That throw uh, tied for the fastest throw on an outfield assist since the start of last season. Get him on the mound for some form of time in one of these like getting shelled games where everybody's putting position players on. We need to see him on the mound. Um, my last guy, and then I will stop talking for a while. Joey Wendell um, had an absolute hump busting double play against the Yankees. That was just, I wasn't expecting to see that tonight, but basically he kept, he receives the ground ball very close to the um, outfield grass right behind second base. So he gets over to that. And then I'm not sure where the second baseman was because maybe because of the shift or whatever, he probably was the second baseman. If that's the case, but he sprints across to second base, get beats the guy to the bag and still has the wherewithal to make the throw to first to complete that double play. That might've been my favorite play of the night. I've, I've said I've talked about a lot of great plays tonight. Um, it's definitely either the Joey Gallo, um, yeah, it's either the Joey Gallo throw, the Joey Wendell double play, or Miles Straw's steal home, or um, you know Andrew McCutcheon's steal home, the double steal. All right, my lone guy that I want to talk about is Lance Lynn. Uh, Look, this guy was on the Yankees a couple of years ago for a very brief period of time and honestly wasn't that good. And I was like, this guy kind of sucks. Like, I can't believe that he's like still around in the league, still bouncing around. Then he goes to Texas. They try to form their whole thing there. Uh, of course, it, it doesn't work out. Ends up in Chicago this year. And this guy is an amazing pitcher. Uh he throws his fastball 48% of the time and throws a cutter 26% of the time. Uh, he just will come at you with five, six fastballs in a row and will not back down. And this isn't a guy who really throws a fast fastball either. 34th percentile. But he just, I mean, is relentless. I watched in that bat that he had against Mike Trout in his first start of the year where he threw Trout like six straight fastballs. He wasn't backing down. He ends up striking Trout out. Very impressive pitching by him. And so far this year, he's been absolutely killing it. I mean, his stats, over six games pitched. He's 4-1 and one with a 1.3 ERA, 34.2 innings and 44 strikeouts and a sub-1 whip. His expected stats are there too. Top 10% in expected WOBA and expected ERA. He's very close to the top 10% expected batting average. Uh, just a guy who is 
low key, like one of the best pitchers in the league when you think about it. I mean, this is a guy who, yes, like I said, he 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 didn't have the best uh, years in Texas, but 2020 was very solid. Uh, and what he did on the Cardinals too, we can't forget about uh, early in his career. He was very good uh, at the start of his career. Uh, so yeah, this is a guy who just is a really underrated pitcher. I think he gets overshadowed a bit by, by Lucas Giolito there and Kopech and all the other great young players there, but he's a great veteran to have around and it's really fun to watch pitch. Yeah. Overall, I have to say, um, the move to Texas was a great move for him. I'm not sure what they did down there, but back-to-back years receiving Cy Young votes yeah. for him going to Texas, uh, 141, 140 ERA plus, plus, pluses in the two seasons with the Rangers, and then now just playing just as good, if not better, yeah, better this season than he has any other season of his career. This guy is a great pitcher, but what is really up with this trend? I mean, I know big markets, especially New York, more than any other market, is hard to play in. However, I feel like it's a common trend of dec- of, of pretty solid pitchers going to New York, getting their butt whooped, and then leaving and having successful careers. Would you like me to go through the list? Um, sure, I can think of Sonny Gray and him right off the top of my head. James Paxton, Jay Happ, Lance Lynn, um, Sonny Gray. Uh, let's see, what other guys? I guess kind of Hiroki Kuroda because he came over from the Dodgers. Uh, let's see, there was, I mean, a lot of guys have just been in and out. You could say Jamison Tyone, like if, if he ends up doing something after this year. Uh, Michael Pineda started with the Yankees, and now he's kind of turning into a better pitcher. Uh, you know, the Yankees have also had in their bullpen Shane Green, Kirby Yates, Delano Batanzas, Aroldis Chapman, Andrew Miller, just all these guys who – you know, went on to other teams. Chapman came back, of course. But, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of pitchers. And I'm sure I'm missing someone in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just certainly – it's such a long list. You're right, Brandon, with guys who have really been able to step up wonderfully over these years. Um, Brandon, if you don't mind me asking, what was um, Tanaka's numbers last year? last couple of years uh really solid uh in terms of era plus era give me 20, ERA. oh his era from 2018 to 2020 was 4.06 which that's a 1.0 or 108 era plus well he's got a three era with the raccoon and golden eagles right now mm. So I think you can also add him to that list as well. Might also, as well. I got another one. I just looked up <laughs> and I forgot. And I got to watch this guy pitch in person. Nathan Avaldi. Yes. He got hurt, though. So it's a big oh, yeah. difference. Yeah. The, I, I was thinking about that. Tommy Johns have kind of uh, secured two Yankees pitchers now for the Red Sox. And we cannot complain with uh, Garrett Whitlock and Nathan Eovaldi eventually finding their way to Boston after they didn't want, after the Yankees no longer wanted their broken toys. 
All right. Uh, should we get on to the leaderboards? Then we're going to do a little division leaders, uh, teams that are hot or not, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Yep. So for these extended leaderboards, uh, of course, now six weeks into the year, let's see uh, who's at the top here. So war for hitters. The King, Mike Trout, still in first with 2.5. Byron Buxton, 2.4. Ronald Acuna in third with 2.3. Behind them, we have a two-way tie with Xander Bogarts and Chris Bryant at two. And then a four-way tie between Buster Posey, J.D. Martinez, J.T. Realmuto, and Yuli Gurriel at 1.8. War for pitchers. Garrett Cole leads at 2.8. Jacob deGrom, 2.3. Corbin Burns, 2.1. John Means, 1.8. Brandon Woodruff at 1.7. And then a four-way tie between Zach Wheeler, Nathan Avaldi, Danny Duffy, and Clayton Kershaw at 1.6. Uh, outs above average. So this is the stat cast way to measure our defense. We have a three-way tie for first between Manny Margot, Matt Chapman, and Nick Ahmed. Uh, Batting average, Yermin Mercedes at 382. Mike Trout leads in on-base percentage, slugging, and OPS. Those numbers, respectively, are 477, 673.1.150. Uh, the home run list, Ronald Acuna, 12. He is 12th today. He's in first. Jose Ramirez with 11. And then three-way tie, Mitch Hanniger, J.D. Martinez, Shohei Otani with 10. Can I stop you there, Brandon? Absolutely. Um, First off, the absolute balls on Acuna, just, of course, I know Ramirez really has his shot here now with Acuna and missing probably at least a couple of days with whatever happened today, uh, falling on his ankle out awkwardly. But this is now two nights in a row where Jose Ramirez has finally put himself into the top candidates in the home run race only for Acuna to take it away each yeah. time. Uh, it started with 10 when there was all the, there was the four-way tie. Ramirez makes it a five-way tie. And then Acuna immediately mit, hits his 11th. And then just before uh, Jose Ramirez could hit his 11th today off of Logan Gilbert, Ronald Acuna hits his 12th earlier in the day and makes it even completely, not completely irrelevant, but irrelevant in terms of the home run race. Yeah, it's going to be a fun home run race. Uh, there's so many guys still in the mix. You know, even after those top guys I mentioned that have 10, there's a handful of guys that have nine. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, even the guys that are like six behind, we've seen guys have a second half of the year where you might hit 30 home runs in the last 80-something games. I mean, we've, we've absolutely seen that before. So, yeah, there's – wow. There's – 20 32 players have at least eight home runs and then you look at a lot of guys here that haven't been healthy that are going to be very successful in this first off jesus aguilar took a hot minute to heat up he is one he is one jesus aguilar week away from being in the top leaders he's at nine i'm just looking through the guys with nine right now um chris bryant again has looked very good this year. I'm not sure if he can pull himself in there. Byron Buxton's played the least games out of anybody on this list with nine home runs. Uh, so he's certainly a candidate. Nelson Cruz always has to be dangerous. Rafael Devers 
pitch selection has not been there this year. And overall, he could still play a lot better than he has, especially of late. His form hasn't been great. So he could he I could see him giving an increase. The guy I could certainly see an increase. I think the two biggest candidates here to jump into that top three, four discussion, Byron Buxton because of the games and Freddie Freeman purely because he just has not been getting hits. If he starts, if that average improves, the home runs are going to come as well. Yeah, and even beyond them, there's guys like Giancarlo Stanton, Fernando Tatis Jr., even a guy like Fran Mil Reyes, who we just who we know could be up there for home runs. Like usually, there's a few guys up there who do end up hitting a lot of home runs, but don't have the most productive year. I think of Jorge Soler. A couple. Uh, that's who I was looking for in the list right now, actually. Yeah, no, he's off to a slow start, but like other guys who could potentially be up here who have eight. I mean, Vladdy Jr., Aaron Judge, Reese Hoskins, uh, you know, Matt Olson's a guy. Mike Trout has eight. I'm, I mean, and you look at guys with seven, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Abreu, you won't be surprised if one of those guys led the league in home runs. So it's going to be a really interesting race from here on because it is so close. But, uh, yeah, I think that Acuna should be fine. Just look like it was really scary to watch the highlight of it because it looked like it could have been very bad, especially with the way that he reacted after it happened. But uh, x-rays are negative, so that's the best thing we could ask for. Absolutely. All right, well, one last hitting stat and then a few pitching. Uh, J.D. Martinez leads in RBIs with 33. In terms of pitching wins, Jack Flaherty got his seventh already. So he leads the league in that Uh, ERA is Jacob deGrom leading with 0.68 John means behind him 1.21 and then Garrett Cole at 1.37 strikeouts is Shane Bieber at 85 Garrett Cole at 78 Tyler glass now at 75 and glass now pitches today Uh, saves is Mark Melanson at 12 Alex Reyes of the Cardinals with 11 Ian Kennedy of the Rangers and Jake McGee of the Giants with 10. All right. I will give Brandon a break here as we run through the division leaders real quick, just to give y'all a full scope of the league. So starting in the NL East, the New York Mets have taken a very, very strong week, very strong last 10 days and carved themselves a game-and-a-half lead over the Philadelphia Phillies for the NL East. St. Louis Cardinals have taken advantage of some rough stretches for just about everybody in their division, and they have a three-game lead in the NL Central. And then the San Francisco Giants currently hold a -a two-and-a-half game lead over the San Diego Padres for the NL West. Both of the NL wildcards currently belong in the West with San Diego and Los Angeles. All right. Uh, On to the American League. In the AL East, it is the Red Sox with a a one-and-a-half game lead over Toronto. The Red Sox sit at 23-16. and The AL Central, the White Sox have a one-game lead over the Red Hot Indians. The White Sox are 22-13. and And out in the West, Oakland – uh, is 23 and 16. They lead by a game and a half. LJ, Oakland has a negative 13 run run differential. Houston has a plus 45 run differential. 
So Oakland has almost a plus has over a plus 50 margin in terms of run run differential uh, over Oakland. Houston does. And yeah, they're a game and a half out. So pretty well, crazy. I think that means we're either going to see two of uh, one of two things. Either Oakland is going to fall apart brutally like Kansas City has, which part of me actually kind of wants to see what is wrong with me. Um, <laughs> or, and uh, Houston's going to have a huge uh, resurgence as the season goes on and move back towards being one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball, based on their uh, differential right now. The other scenario is absolutely nothing happens because the majority of both of those teams run differentials are still decided on that one series. Yeah. Yeah. That first first series where series. Yeah. The first two series where uh, Astros absolutely spanked the A's contributes for the vast, a very large majority of the negative runs for Oakland and the positive for Houston. So realistically, if you take out those two series, they're pretty probably pretty close to where they are right now. Uh, and then in terms of the wild cards, uh, it will be Cleveland and uh, Oakland or not Oakland, excuse me, Toronto right now would be the wild card matchup. LJ, I find that really interesting in the NL though, that if the wild card game was today, it would be Dodgers Giants or excuse me, a Dodgers Padres. Can you imagine if it's, if the Giants are somehow able to win the NL West and we could have a Dodgers Padres one game playoff? I mean, that's, that's exactly what would be ridiculous. That's exactly what baseball would love. Rod Manfred would absolutely adore to see one game. Actually, I mean, seven games would always be better, but the high stakes of one game between those two teams and then the winner of that as of right now, if I'm correct, yeah the winner of that will go to San Francisco. Which would be an amazing series also. I can't wait for, for a Dodgers Giants next weekend because I will be home to Ooh. watch uh, the, a few of those games. So very, very exciting upcoming week. Yeah. And then, of course, there's also the other added factor of right now, San Diego has the top spot in the wild card. Yeah. And we saw there was a palpable difference in energy, even though the Dodger, the Padres lost that first series in San Diego. I think you can agree the energy was higher in San Diego than it was in L.A., and it was very high in both places. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's get on to our hot or not segment. Uh, I had the American League this week, so I'm going to be picking one team that's hot, one team that's not. Pretty simple. Uh, the team that's hot is the Cleveland Indians. Look, I mean, I mentioned that uh, at the top of the show, they've won 12 of their last 15. That's the best mark in the league over the last 15 games. LJ, honestly, I like using last 15 at this point in the season instead of last 10 because you kind of get like your last five series, which I think that is a good sample size to look at at this point in the year. Uh, but 12 and three in your last 15 is very good. Nine and one in your last 10 on a four game win streak. Uh, that Indians bullpen, uh, just in high, high leverage situations this year, they have easily been the best team in the league. All the stats show it. Uh, they've got great starting pitching there. Of course, Shane Bieber, 
Plezak tonight. Uh, Eflin has been pretty good. And, you know, their, their offense isn't the best, but they get hits when they need them. They, they got guys like Eddie Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Fran Mil Reyes. Uh, they, they know how to win baseball games, but they've also gotten no hit twice this year, which is very interesting. Well, I mean, it's not like it's the first time that a – it wouldn't be the first time that a World Series contender or World Series winner got no hit in a season. Yeah. Those things are incredibly fluky. Um, just looking at this now as I went to pull up Cleveland's spot in the standings, I didn't realize Minnesota has now, with this Kansas City series that Detroit's played, Minnesota's dropped into the bottom of the AL Central. Uh, well – that's a perfect segue for who's not oh, hot. Right. And that is the twins. Uh, look, LJ, you're absolutely right. They're in the bottom spot in the AL Central. They're, you know, the even the Tigers have a better record than them. Twins have lost four in a row. Uh, they have a minus 15 run differential. LJ, would you want to hear an amazing stat, Okay. The Twins have 12 wins this year, right? Mm -hmm. 12 of their wins came in nine inning games. So do the math on the other ones. They are 0-11 in extra innings. Wow. They've already played 11 extra inning games this year. I'm pretty – if I I, want to make sure I I heard that stat right and read it right because it is – amazing to me that they've played that many extra inning games already um does that lost almost all of them oh that means nine inning games because that does that also mean double headers oh yeah yeah i'm sorry so it it does mean double headers but still yeah i mean either way the way you judge those either of those even if with it being seven innings in those double headers it still is very draining on a team and on a bullpen playing two games in a day, no matter what way you slice it. So having all of these extra inning games, having this team have to play double headers, play extra inning games, it's only going to make matters worse. You know, if this is a good. Yeah. Who are your, who's your hard not teams? Yeah. Brandon, I'm going to be honest. I have to ask you one question here. I, I perfectly acknowledge you have a very valid argument towards minnesota but why not kansas city oh just because we we have talked about kansas city like brandon every, we talk about them like every day i just wanted to switch it for up the like, sanctity no. of hot or not kansas city you, is clearly the, the the worst team in the league right team. now the yeah. coldest team in the league but i had to pick minnesota because you know we had the title of the podcast yesterday about kansas city we talked about them for quite a few days in a row they're just on a terrible slide right now 11 in a row Brandon that does not mean that still does not mean that you haven't defiled the segment of hot or not (laughs) this pick and I'm a little ashamed to see this now Brandon I'm going to give an honorable mention because I'm going to do the right thing and give the team that deserves it honorable mention to San Francisco as we've talked about a couple times this week they went and they absolutely have proved themselves, did what they needed to do against San Diego. They had two series in back-to-back weeks. They split that, and now they're going and they're taking care of business 
in these uh, relatively weak games that they have, these tune-up series between San Diego and L.A. They got the Rangers for two games. They won both of those games. They pretty decidedly won against the Pirates today with their pitching stepping up yet again for this team. So they're doing everything they need to to keep ahead in this division and win the race to Memorial Day. However, the team I'm going to pick here is kind of the only team I can pick here, and that's the New York Mets. New York Mets, eight in their last eight and two in their last ten, and have won seven games straight. Brandon, they haven't lost this week. I cannot I cannot pick against this team as my hot team purely because they're the only team in the league not to have lost this week. Yeah, and they're also the clearly the most uh, dysfunctional team in the league. We have the whole Francisco Lindor. He was a raccoon. Rat raccoon. We have the whole Pat Mazika. Uh, field two walk-offs that he has both fielders choices uh, during the walk-off celebration Pete Alonso was trying to jump over the the dugout a railing and fell down uh, also Michael Conforto or might have been uh, Jeff McNeil or, or, or uh, Brandon Nimmo they fell trying to jump over the the dugout railing at the exact same time on um, like just a couple guys down uh yeah, but but Brandon, let me give you a little more Mets. logic just to how crazy this Mets week is. So Pat Mazika has those two walk-off RBI fielders choices. Yeah. Both of them, as as with the normal tradition with the team, both of them they ripped his jersey off for. Brandon, the majority of this team has been playing blind because of the glare that came off of Pat Mazika's pasty white body when they took his shirt off. They've been playing blind blind for most of the week because of that glare and are still winning games. That's amazing to me. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, who's your cold team? My cold team, yes. Um, I was getting there. Um, my cold team right now is the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, three and seven in their last 10. Brandon, they are... They're 20 and 18, but down to a minus 10 run differential, which is just absolutely crazy because, I mean, this is easily the coldest offense in the league right now, especially compared to what they're expected to be. You you have, as we discussed earlier, the best one-two combo in the league right now in, in Burns and Woodruff. You have the best eighth inning and ninth inning guys, or two of the best, eighth, ninth pairing in the league with Devin Williams and Josh Hader. And yet your offense can't find ways to win you games. It's like, it's like Jacob DeGrom goes out on the mound for them every single night. And then the mess. Yeah. You know, I was watching some of that game today because it was on YouTube and the, the, they had such a good defense, you know, they add Mm -hmm. Colton Wong, they add Jackie Bradley jr. LJ, they had Jackie Bradley playing left field today. Like the amount of ground that they were covering in that outfield when you have Kane in center and Jackie Bradley in left is insane. It's crazy. I mean, and then not to mention like Colton Wong is a premier middle infielder when it comes to, to defense. He is exceptional at it, but they just, yeah, they cannot hit and, 
when when you will look at their runs scored across the entire NL Central, they only have 13 more runs than the Pirates, and then it's like a 20-run gap to the next team, which is the Cubs. If you look around the league, there's only two teams that I'm finding here that are worse. It's them and the Nationals. The Nationals, I have no clue what, what's going on there. Frankly, I could have picked them, except for the fact that they're playing better teams. It's that simple. This division, this NL Central, we've been talking about it as if it isn't that good. Frankly, Cincinnati has surprised us this year. They will be better than predicted this year. They've proven that they've put together a better roster than I thought, at least. However, you've got teams like Chicago, teams like Pittsburgh in your division. You shouldn't be having this hard a time scoring. You shouldn't have this hard a time getting wins. There's no reason for you to be three and seven and the Nationals to also be a three and seven and say that they're on the same level. No matter how much worse the Nationals numbers may look because they flat out just, they do play a better schedule. They have better competition in their division. So I'm going to give them a little more of a pass than I can Milwaukee. All right. Well, uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up the show. One last thing I wanted to say, I found that twin stat in seven inning games this year. They're 0-4. They've scored three runs to 18 runs against. I'm assuming that one game when the the Red Sox absolutely blew the doors off of them is Mm. a big help in that for the runs against. Nine inning games, they're 12-12. and Extra inning games, they're 0-7. Tough. That's that's just that's wild. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of MLB Daily. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, seven days a week, baseball content. Make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're checking out our Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. Make sure you're checking out mine and LJ's Twitter. I'm at Brandon underscore Karim. LJ is at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. Uh, Yeah, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you uh, tomorrow. Have a good Friday. See you manana.